Holy Spirit, we pray that you would cause your word to be revealed to us by the Holy Spirit in Jesus' name. John chapter 3. I didn't yet mention the verse because when I mention it, you're going to say, I know that one. Verse 16. John 3, verse 16. How many of you think you can quote John 3, 16 out of your head? Raise your hand. Okay. I think most people can quote it. But let's read it and allow the Holy Spirit to minister to us afresh. And it says, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whoever believes in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. This is good news. Amen? This is good news. Listen to how the Amplified Bible puts it. For God so greatly and dearly prized the world that He even gave up His only begotten, unique Son so that whoever believes in, trusts in, clings to, and relies on Him shall not perish, come to destruction, or be lost, but have eternal, everlasting life. And I'd like to just pick out nine words in this verse of Scripture. Nine words that we just want to look at for a moment. Number one, the greatest word... God, for God so loved the world. When you hear the word God, what does that speak of to you? What does it suggest to you? Well, it suggests to me greatness. The greatest person who ever lived, who also lives outside of time, it speaks to me of greatness. It speaks to me of power. Because He's the God of creation, the Lord of creation, the maker of heaven and earth, the one that put the stars in place and separated the waters from the land. To me, God speaks of power. But also God speaks of love, because God is love. Number one, the greatest word, God. Number two, the sweetest word, love. For God so loved. There are four types of love. Agape, phileo, storge, and eros. But in verse 16 here, when it says loved, the word used there in Greek is agape. Agape love. What is agape love? It is unconditional love. Self-sacrificing love. Active love intentional love, boundless love, thoughtful love. 
And so when this scripture says, for God so loved the world, he's also speaking directly into your heart. He says to you, my son, my daughter, I love you unconditionally, self-sacrificingly, actively, boundlessly, intentionally, thoughtfully. Romans 5 verse 8 says, but God demonstrates his own love toward us in that while we were sinners, Christ died for us. That's number two. The sweetest word, loved. Number three, the broadest word, world. For God so loved the world. Now you might say, well, I can think of a broader word than that. What about universe? Or what about the solar system? But I'm talking about the space in which you and I can freely roam. It's not so easy to get to the moon. It's not so easy to get to planet Zoltar. Just kidding. Mars or something like that. (laughs) The fact is, in this space that we can roam, that's the case in which I'm referring to world as our broadest frame of reference. And so when God says that He loved the world, that is used to describe every person that has ever lived or ever will live. That's used used to describe the nicest people ever. That's used to describe the most immoral people. It's used to describe the Jewish people, the Gentile people, the Yugoslavians, the Armenians, the South Africans, the Australians, mate. It's used to describe everybody. And it's also used to describe your family, your brother-in-law, your children, for God so loved the world. A youth pastor was giving a teaching to his youth, and there was about 25 youth in this meeting, and he managed to arrange mirrors, handheld mirrors, to hand out to each one. But he handed them out to them upside down, and on the back of the mirror it said, if you want to see who God dearly loves and who he gave his son for, turn the mirror around. World, the broadest word. Number four, the kindest word, gave. The kindest word. Love and kindness will always find expression in giving. If you take a young guy, a young girl, that begin to fall in love, it's not going to take long before giving will happen. There will be some sort of giving because love and kindness find expression in giving. And that's what Father did. He gave to us His best. He gave to us His only unique Son, Jesus. Number four, the kindest word, gave. Number five, the most comprehensive word, whosoever story is told of a man who was on his deathbed, an elderly man, he's a grandfather, and he was critically ill, they didn't give him much time to live, and he knew he had lived a life that had not pleased God, he knew he had not honored God in the way that he lived, and on his deathbed, he called his son to him, he said, bring that Bible, and come and read to me that that scripture that they always talk about, and the son opened to John 3.16, And he quoted the scripture, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. And 
The dad said, read it to me again. And several times he did this over and over. Read it again, read it again. And he said, what is that word? And he said, dad, it's whosoever. The dad grabbed the Bible from his son. He said, I want to see it. And he looked and he looked and saw the word for himself. Whosoever. He says, I can only conclude that that means me. And he bowed the knee to Jesus Christ and gave his heart to the Lord because he knew that 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 was such a broad word. It had to include him as well. Acts 2 verse 21. Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. You might be here today and think that you don't deserve the work of the cross. None of us do. But whoever you are, whosoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Number six, the most decisive word, not. This is the most decisive word in the sense that the reality of the gospel is good news and we need not die. There needs to be a decisiveness in us that I will not end up being uh, separated from God. I need not. There's a decisiveness in that which brings us to number seven. The most tragic word, perish. The most tragic word, perish. I remember listening to Billy Graham as he was being interviewed on Larry King Live. I've always been fascinated by Larry King because he's a remarkable interviewer. And he was talking to Billy Graham and he said uh, lots of questions quick and fast after one another. He said, Billy, what makes a good preacher? He said, Billy, how do you prepare a good sermon? Billy, what makes a church grow? And then he said, what happens to those who reject the Christian faith? Billy Graham was on the spot. But he answered in a very wise way. He said, the reality is that those that do not receive Christ will face eternal separation from God. That's what he said. And in this modern world of permissiveness and humanism, it's become very unpopular to ever make mention of the word hell. Mention of the word heaven is made all the time in songs you can hear it often being sung about. But the fact is that there is a hell to shun and there is a heaven to gain. And the Bible speaks about hell. Matthew ten twenty eight says, And do not fear those who kill the body but cannot kill the soul, but rather fear him who is able to destroy both soul and body in hell. The most tragic word, number seven, perish. Number eight of nine, the most certain word, have that we may have everlasting life. The word have speaks of assurance. It speaks of assurance of salvation. I want to say to you today, sir, ma'am, you can have assurance of salvation. You don't need to go to bed every night praying the sinner's prayer over and over. My mom used to struggle with that when she was a little girl growing up. Before she would go to bed at night, she would say her prayers. She would say the sinner's prayer. She would commit her life to the Lord. And eventually, after doing this for a number of years, she decided, Lord, she prayed that prayer one night and she said, Lord, make this equal to ping pong. 
And then at night before going to bed, she would say, ping pong, Lord, and put her head down on the pillow. And then after a while, that became too long, and she eventually just shortened it to ping. Put her head on the pillow. But there was a day when my mom came to know assurance of salvation. We can know assurance of salvation. 1 John 5 verse 13 says, These things I have written to you who believe in the name of the Son of God that you may know that you have eternal life and that you may continue to believe in the name of the Son of God. Number eight, the most certain word, have. One preacher said, have should be spelt, got it. And number nine, the most thrilling word, life. Can you say the word life with me? Life. The most thrilling word. I believe that this refers to the length of our life, the, the quantity of our life, as well as the quality of our life. John 10.10 10 says, I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. What does abundant life mean? It means life inclusive of all good. It means life more abundant than you would have anticipated. It means life and something more, something better. It means life with advantage. That's what abundant life means. Life with advantage. Life and much more. And you know, in heaven there is a book. It's called the Lamb's Book of Life. And I ask you today, is your name written in the Lamb's Book of Life? Because if it is, and if you have received Jesus Christ into your heart and into your life, you can be assured that your name has been written in the Lamb's Book of Life. You know, in terms of this scripture, John 3.16, I want to challenge you to make it your very own. If you haven't memorized the scripture verse yet, consider yourself challenged today to memorize this verse. And maybe you must put your name in where it says whosoever. So maybe your name is David. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That as David believes in him, David will not perish, but have everlasting life. It's been glorious to worship you. It's been glorious to honor you and to lift up your name. And our hearts are truly overflowing with gratitude to our great God and to our Savior. Lord, I pray your blessing on every single person here. As we go from this place, I pray that you would anoint us with the oil of joy. Give us a wonderful weekend filled with good times as family being together, good relationships and blessing. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you, everybody.